Celebrating the connection with our pets, this is Animal Radio, featuring your dream team, veterinarian Dr. Debbie White and groomer Joey Villani. And here are your hosts, Hal Abrams and Judy Francis. Yeah, this is the place where we celebrate our pets. We make sure they're healthy and happy, and hopefully you have either pet insurance or put money away just in case something catastrophic happens to your animals. You never want to be put in a situation where you have to decide whether or not to euthanize them because you're short a few thousand dollars. And today we're going to find out there's a brand new alternative to pet insurance. And this doc, I believe he's a physician, a surgeon. A human doctor. A human doctor, is Mm -hmm. it? He has a brand new digital or online company that is an alternative to pet insurance. We'll find out what that's all about coming up here on Animal Radio before we leave today. Also, Joey Volani, the dog father, continues to get in trouble with his peers. I'm talking about, Uh yes, his groomer friends. His groomer (gasps) friends hate him because he's always coming on animal radio and telling us the tricks that groomers use. And, Uh yep, today it will happen again. So get your pen and paper ready. We're going to help you keep your dog groomed just like the groomers. Hey, Gwen. Hi. How are you doing? Gwen was the first name of one of my first fish. I love that name. I uh, my fish, Gwen. Yes, I oh, do. okay. I bet you're thrilled. <laughs> yeah. Sorry I had to bring that up. Gwen, what's going on with your animals? Pardon me? What's going on? How can we help you? I have Dr. Uh, Debbie right has, here. So every time he, we take him, have him flea dipped and everything, he continually gets fleas. Uh, lots of fleas. Is this a dog? Yes. Okay. What kind of dog you got there? A cockapoodle. Okay. <laughs> wonderful. Adorable little guys. What color is he? He's white. Aw. All right. So so he's got fleas, and are they treating him when you get him groomed? Do you treat him at home with anything? With front line, yes. Okay. And we even had a doggy collar on him, and it's not doing any good. All right. What part of the country are you you calling from? I'm calling from Los Angeles, California. Oh, okay. All right. So, yeah, you guys certainly got... Where are you? I'm in, uh, I'm normally, I practice in Las Vegas, so in California, you you guys have all sorts of fun with fleas that we don't get to have here in Las Vegas. We have a very dry climate, so they don't really thrive very well, but certainly in California, the moisture, um, definitely, it's a haven for fleas. And, you know, the trick with fleas is that one product doesn't always do the trick alone, and in many areas, the reinfestation of fleas is huge. So you could treat the pet, and everything on the pet can be killed. But if they're going back into the environment where the fleas are, which is very common in areas like California, there's fleas outside, um, it, it isn't uncommon for them to get reinfested. So you, we always kind of have to look at that as a possible reality and make sure that we're doing everything we can, not just on the pet, but even in the home or even in the yard to treat. Okay. It's kind of what we call integrated flea control. So we want to treat kind of more than just one method. Um, and if one product doesn't do you very good, you know what? There's a lot of other good ones out there. And in fact, uh, Advantage and uh, Advantix, they, that's kind of a whole line of different uh, flea products. Um, they have some very good um, products that can be helpful. And some pets, it might work better for your pet. Um, and uh, I definitely endorse a product that has um, a combination of different ways that we can attack these critters. So there's little eggs, there's little larvae, and then there's the adults. So if we can find a product or products that tackles more than one 
life cycle of this, then um, then we're doing really good. So you you might want to look at um, you know perhaps looking at Advantage Two um, or Advantix Two. Those might be some of the ones you want to look to. Um, but I would say faithful. I mean, you got to stay on top of fleas. They reproduce like crazy. So one little flea can certainly add to many, many generations beyond. So um, one bite and one flea can leave your pet scratch and, and leave you running in circles after these guys. So Right. And, so is uh, there one other other than advantage you would suggest that I could uh, bathe him in from their products or is it anything that I'm not doing right because we constantly, and he was scratching so bad till he scratched it. I just taken him to the bed, came home two days, and he was scratching like he was, he scratching till his little neck was bleeding. Oh, goodness. Okay. Well, yeah, and, and sometimes we do actually prescribe anti-itch products if if they're digging themselves up so badly because part of that is comfort and we want to stop that itch cycle while we're killing these critters. So um, if, if the vet hasn't already done something to help, um, some dogs I'll add in a little bit of a prednisone just to kind of help curb that uh, really intense itch. Um, but a lot of it is I think we might want to look at the environment and making sure that we're treating the yard, treating the house. Okay, um, okay and so what really, would you use on the yard? Um, as far as it's... I personally prefer using a professional, um, getting a, an exterminator to treat the yard appropriately. Um, that would be one big thing. Now, some simple things around inside the house is that um, if you're using flea uh, collars, a lot of times we have to address the vacuum because when you suck up those little flea eggs, they can live and grow and reproduce inside the vacuum bag. So you want to make sure that you're changing your vacuum bag. bag. So once I've taken bath in the house, clean the filter. Yeah, so you want to make sure you empty your vacuum, whatever kind of vacuum you got. And in, okay. in the kind that you have, if you have an actual bag, in many cases we'll put a little bit of a, a flea or tick uh, collar. I'll put that actually in the bag to help uh, kind of kill them um, as they're kind of coming around. So that would be definitely one big thing. And, you know, sometimes there's a lot of debate about this in the vet world, whether or not we have drug-resistant fleas out there. Um, and there are some veterinary researchers that say, you know, in some areas of the country, these critters are getting stronger. And that's one other reason maybe for kind of mixing it up and trying alternate products for you. Um, okay. One other thought that also is a bit controversial is that um, it's sometimes that when folks purchase flea and tick products from alternate sources, there's some concern about whether it's really that same product that you would get at your veterinary office. And there are, believe it or not, instances of counterfeit flea and tech products out there that are sold through catalogs and so forth. No, no, so I don't if, do that. I buy it from the store. Okay, so if you're getting it from your veterinarian, um, those are guaranteed, and uh, that's certainly much different than if you're buying it on the Internet or getting it shipped no, in because you don't know. It's the store, Walmart, or either the pet shop. Mm, okay. All right. It still might be room for maybe talking to your veterinarian and see what they have on their shelf and what they might recommend. Because if okay. these products are coming through these outside channels, through non-veterinary channels, there can be the potential that they're coming from um, other sources. So it, it was just not something to consider. Walmart. Are you, you're familiar with Walmart stores, right? Yeah, but they're not a veterinary office, and, and they don't have a veterinary license to buy these products from the source. So that that's certainly the concern with some of these things. Oh, so. Okay, then I'll just get it from the vet. Okay. Yeah. But I think some of those are some of the things you can do to tackle things and, uh, you know, stay vigilant. Really uh, keep up the, the hard work. 
um, and uh, make sure we do treat the environment along with the pet. And uh, if you have any other pets that are in the home, make sure they're being treated concurrently because cats, dogs pass these things around, rabbits, ferrets. Um, so you got to treat all the little critters, otherwise you're going to just keep having problems there. So okay. my best wishes to you, and I hope the itch and the scratch stops, and you make me really happy I live in a dry climate so I don't have those fleas. <laughs> so have a great one. Thank Thanks you for, for calling. Thanks for your call, Gwen. We appreciate it. one 405 Animal communicator Joy Turner, can you communicate to fleas? Could you Could you ask them to, you know, evacuate, go away? I have actually tried this. The way I have found it to work for me is interesting. Anyone could do this. I actually told them if they continued to come and mess with my kids, I was going to actually try to do something to get rid of them, which for me, I use borax, 20-meal team borax on my carpets, and that pretty much keeps the fleas away. I am not infested here in Washington. I know California is much different than Washington is for fleas. But you can do it. You can talk to them. Um, most of the time, they kind of turn a deaf ear unless you give them a consequence that's enough that they'll actually pay attention to. Like, I'll get you all dead unless you pay attention. But California, <laughs> I lived in California for a while, and I'll tell you, those guys just are like, we don't care what you do. We have so many. We don't care. <laughs> hey, Paul, how are you? Wonderful. Well, I've got quick questions. How how short should nails be clipped? And I know there are, I think, clippers you can buy in pet areas or pet stores. Um, mm-hmm. um, is that something that the owner, um, uh, you, you know, providing there's not too much tremble in my hands or whatever, that I could uh, successfully trim her, her nail, his nails? I'm sorry. Yeah, I mean, it really depends on both the person and the kitty. Um, and I, I, that's one reason why with kittens, I love to get them used to having their nails trimmed with just human, like, toenail number, uh, nippers or fingernail nippers, because that's just yeah. really quick, easy to control. You can do it by yourself without a lot of restraint, and you can get them used to that feeling of having their nails handled when they're young. But as an adult, um, there's all different styles of nail trimmers. For me, the most important thing is having a, um, a cat that, you know, is restrained, that it's not going to um, hurt themselves. So for some cats, it may be restraint, may be sitting on their bum with their feet in the air, with their Buddha Bella facing up, and you just trim their nail. And they may be cool with that. But if not, then I usually recommend to have a second person kind of help distract and just make sure that the kitty is staying in one position so you don't accidentally cut into the sensitive part of the nail, which will set off a bad experience and kind of worsen your chance that you're going to be able to trim nails in the future. But I mean, you can go too short. The guideline is to really look into what we call the nail for the quick. And the quick is a darker area that runs through the nail that has the blood vessel and the nerve in there. So as long as you're staying a few millimeters away from that and not getting too short, your cat shouldn't feel anything other than just that little bit of pressure. The way I recommend to help them feel more comfortable is to, when I when I hold a paw, I'm right-handed, so I put the trimmers in my right hand, and I hold on to, say, the paw with my left. I use my thumb to press on the top of the nail, and I'm actually going to press it kind of like I'm extruding the nail, like the cat's like, choo-choo, you know, nails are going out. So I'm actually pressing on the top of the nail to stick the, the claw out, and then that keeps it from moving. So the kitty won't move, the nail doesn't move. I trim the nail, I release that 
toe, and then I go to the next toe again and then press on the top of it. So if you keep that pressure on the top of the individual nail as you're trimming it, um, you'll you'll feel more comfortable and you have better control as you're uh, doing that trim. Fido Friendly Magazine presents the 10th Annual Cross-Country Pet Adoption Tour. Get your licks on Route 66. Powered by Nissan, the tour travels from Los Angeles to Chicago, stopping at shelters along the way to support adoption events. Companion sponsors Tito's Vodka and Dog Legs join in the fun, as media sponsor Animal Radio broadcasts the tour from September 8th to October 14th. Pet Box sponsor Paw Pack and pet insurance sponsor Embrace Pet Insurance support the tour, along with advocate sponsors Buddy Belts, Pet Curian, Hands on Gloves, and Rolf C. Hagen. Attendees at each event stand in line to donate money and spin our giant spinning wheel, filled with great prizes they can win. Provided by sponsors like Community Sponsors, Cosequin Joint Health Supplements, Petmate, Dexas, Zenden, and Canaday, where all proceeds benefit the shelter at the end of the day. Log on to FidoFriendly.com and find out where the tour stops near you. And who knows, you might just find your new forever friend. Hey everybody, this is Kenny Lee Lewis from the Steve Miller Band. Just want to tell everybody out there on Animal Radio, thanks for loving your pets. And now an Animal Radio News Brief. This is an employer that I would like to work for. In an effort to keep employees happy, some companies are now offering discounted pet insurance. Firms like SC Johnson, TD Bank, and Travelocity provide discounted health coverage for workers' pets through Pet Plan Pet Insurance. Pet Plan has seen tremendous growth in this area of voluntary benefits. Co-CEO Chris Ashton said that in this struggling economy, employers are increasingly looking for low-cost options to keep their employees happy, noting pay cuts, heavy workloads, high health insurance costs, and reduced 401k matches. John Bremen, a managing director and employer consultancy, Towers Watson, said companies are just trying to find ways to appeal to the workforce. You know what? This is one that would work for me. I'm Stacy Cohen. Get more animal breaking news at AnimalRadio.com. This has been an Animal Radio News Brief. Get more at AnimalRadio.pet. You're listening to Animal Radio. Call the Dream Team now at 1-866-405-8405. Yeah, that's right. It's Animal Radio. You lucky dog. Toll free. That means it doesn't cost you anything. 1-866-405-8405. And we'd love to hear from you today. Uh, Coming up in just a few minutes, there is an alternative to pet insurance. Alternative? Really? I I did not know this until today. Hmm. Uh, Apparently, you don't have to. I, of course, I've never been a big proponent myself. No, let me just say that. I personally don't have pet insurance. I take a little money, I put it into a savings account, it gains a little bit of interest, and hopefully I'll never be caught off guard. See, I'm sorry I didn't get it for my dog. Yeah, she you was are, younger. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. you got to get them when they're young, too. Yeah, she's had several thousands of dollars worth of surgeries on her legs that I could have saved a lot of money on. Now, on the flip side, pet insurance is good for people that uh, suddenly come up against some catastrophic event that, you mm-hmm. know, costs thousands of dollars. So $10,000 for me. Yeah. yeah. How much was it? Yeah. It was $10,000, and I think insurance covered $8,100 worth of it. Oh, wow. wow. So it was, yes. So you're glad was, you had it. What was it? What, what kind of? Uh, 
You know what? My my one Karen Terry Buster, um, he first came down with a mass um, cell um, oh, tumor, and they, they, yeah. they were, were going to take his um, front leg. And and after we we did that, um, at the time, my my wife at that time um, basically said, you know, let's get insurance. And then shortly after, um, I've, and I I don't even remember what it was. He's had so many surgeries because he's he's going to be eighteen now, believe wow. it or not. And that's wow. when he was two, but um, it saved us a lot of money. Insurance really did. Yeah, well, it it can save. I mean, you don't want to ever have to be put in a choice of whether or not to euthanize your animal because you don't have enough money oh, yeah. to care for them. Mm-hmm. And they are family members now. And you know what? A lot of companies, employers are looking for employees by using benefits like pet insurance. You know, if you get pet insurance through your job, you're one of the few, but more and more businesses are doing that now. It seems to be key, but there mm-hmm. is an alternative to it. And we're going to talk to Dr. Allen. Please help me with his last name, Judy. I'm not quite sure, but I'm going to say Kamrava. Kamrava. Dr. Alan Kamrava. He's a physician and a surgeon. He's the founder of USO, the cheapest alternative to pet insurance. And he's coming up in just a few minutes right here on Animal Radio. Joey, what are you working on? You know what? I want to talk about if you take your dog on a hike, um, you know, what to do about those burrs and foxtails. Okay. Those are dangerous. Those, uh, you know, they seem like, I swear to God, those foxtails are alive because they just (laughs) dig deeper and deeper. Into, uh, they get, and they go into the pads of their feet, I too. know, or other places. We had a cat that got one in her mouth, and it went through her cheek, and her face was all swollen and had to be. Mm. It was a big abscess. They're not pleasant. No. How about you, Dr. Debbie? Where's the worst place you've ever seen a foxtail embedded? Oh, I have two places, undoubtedly. One is I had a dog that had several of them in the conjunctiva around the eye. Ooh. So they were kind of poking out when you could pull the lid down. You could see these things kind of, and you had to kind of grasp them and remove them. That was one, that was bad enough. The other ooh, was a female dog that had um, it down in the vulva. So ooh. it actually went up her girl parts, migrated through the skin, and came out on her lower abdomen. Ooh. So it oh was really really quite a horrible thing but so relieving to you know find that and um treat it uh, so they go to the darndest places do they are i know like ticks there's a special way to get ticks out but with foxtails since they are barbed and they're backwards barbed do you have to remove them a special way well, you just hope to get all of it. So um, d- depending, sometimes you'll get the true two drain holes, and commonly in between the toes, there'll be like two holes. Oh. So we just want to grab at the end that where it's kind of at its narrowest, so then you get the most of it kind of coming with it. It depends on how long they've been in there. I've had a dog that, one dog, had, had it for months, and it was so difficult, um, one, to convince the pet owner to let us put the dog under because we knew it was a foxtail. But then by the time we got to actually doing the procedure, there was so much inflammation and the foxtail itself had kind of broken down so it came out in pieces so those are more challenging and you you hope you get it all in, in those situations if they're more chronic i've heard um, that if they go in through their ear they can go to their brain and harm their yeah, harm they can them. go yeah they can go through the ear canal but that would be definitely um usually with the eardrum they will or with the ear they'll rupture through the eardrum and then inside the ear on the inner ear it's a bony chamber so they really don't go through that but they will embed in the middle ear and kind of sit there um, on rare occasion they might migrate out the ear canal and go into the tissues around the ear but they won't go to the brain no oh okay toll free one 405 and don't forget you can also ask your questions from the free animal radio app for iphone android and blackberry 
Well, don't you know this healthy serving of Animal Radio is brought to you by the grain-free Red Barn Naturals canned food for dogs and cats, always made in the USA with natural, functional ingredients to support your pet's optimal health. Their website's redbarninc.com. And thanks, Red Barn, for underwriting Animal Radio. You're listening to Animal Radio. Find us at animalradio.com. Log on, learn more. Hi, everybody. This is Lori Morgan reminding you to please spay or neuter your pets. People say less is more. At Red Barn, we think less is better. It's what you won't find that sets our natural premium pet food apart. No byproducts, no corn or soy, no fillers. Just the natural ingredients your pets need to live the healthy life they deserve. Look at the label. We want you to. Red Barn Naturals Pet Food. Simply the best. Find it in your local pet specialty store. Try our grain-free rolled food. It's protein-packed with less risk of food sensitivity. This is an Animal Radio News Update. I'm Lori Brooks. For years, animal lovers and animal welfare organizations have been working so hard to end dog and cat meat sales, you know, that keep the dog meat farms in South Korea and China's infamous Yulin Meat Festival in business. Well, last week... There was a huge step toward that goal here when the U.S. House of Representatives passed bipartisan legislation named the Dog and Cat Meat Trade Prohibition Act. Now, that is going to make it illegal to knowingly slaughter, ship, transport, move, uh, deliver, receive, just about anything, possess, purchase, even sell or donate a dog or cat or even their body parts for human consumption. And it also authorizes anybody who does any of that in the U.S., would receive a fine of up to $5,000 for each violation. Uh, can I just say, I didn't know that was happening in the U.S. It's really not. It's not a big problem here. Um, so I, I kind of wonder the same thing. Hmm. But at least it puts it on the books that we are opposed to it, um, that we have taken action against it. And they also, at the same time, how created um, another piece of legislation that kind of goes with that hand in hand, that it says that, that we urge other countries to take the same step. Here, here. Okay. All right. So whether it's dogs or cats that make you happy, that's really what's important, right? So this dog versus cats argument is probably going to go on forever. But now there's a new survey that says dog owners are officially happier than cat owners, <laughs> but only by 4%. Okay. It's not... It's not a huge deal. Uh, they are going to beat this thing. It is interesting, though, that the pets part of this survey was only a, a really small component of it since it was actually conducted by Life is Good and was more about optimism and positivity overall than dogs or cats. But that was their bottom line on that. And one of the most captivating and, gosh, scary viral videos of the past week was taken by a passenger on a small boat while sitting out in the ocean whale watching. And to be honest with you, this is a real, I watched it, is a real holy doo-doo moment when this boat is in the water and a, a gigantic humpback whale, the tail of the whale breaks the water surface directly in front of the boat as if the whale was doing an underwater handstand. <laughs> it was amazing. The tail actually came down and tapped the boat. Didn't tip it, though. But it, it, think about it. It's pretty scary that a humpback whale is more than 50 feet long. They generally weigh about 40 tons, and a humpback whale's tail is 18 feet wide. 
Jeez. That's bigger than all of our studios hooked together here. That would be a close change moment for me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Lori Brooks. Get more breaking animal news anytime at AnimalRadio.com. This has been an Animal Radio News Update. Get more at AnimalRadio.com. Hey, this is Paula Poundstone. Wait, I forget where I am. Animal Radio. Animal Radio. I love that. All right. Hey, this is Paula Poundstone on Animal Radio. Spay and neuter your pets or we're going to be eaten alive. You're listening to Animal Radio. Call the Dream Team now at 1-866-405-8405. I guess this is me. Yeah, well, I was going to... I, I, I see the violin players. So, <laughs> they, you know. they come in here. You know, I was just thinking that our animals, they know when they look good, don't they? I mean, if they get a good cut, they know it. They, they strut. They strut their stuff. They do. They definitely do. It's funny because... When a dog comes in, an extreme case especially, it's funny because a lot of times it's um, shelter pets. I think I think they realize it the most um, yeah. when when you get one of them that hasn't been groomed in a long time, and all of a sudden, and they may fight you through the whole experience of it, and <laughs> thinking they're having this horrible time, and then they're done and they're proud, like they're you know think like beating their chest and and saying, "Look at me." So. No, it's, 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 yeah, they know it. They definitely know it. So I want to talk about, um, because now that fall is um, upon us. It's um, fallen. Basically. Fall has yeah, fallen, yes. Fall has fell. Um, you know, we, we take our pets out and, and the leaves are falling and there's burrs and foxtails and thorns. And depending on where you're at, um, you know, it's all different things. And um, especially the dogs that have coat, um, dogs that have a long coat that, that pick up these things. And some of them, like like the foxtails, um, could, could be very, very um, damaging. Na- nasty. Yeah, it's 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 funny because they could just keep burrowing burrowing their way you know into a pet's skin, so grooming is extremely important. So a lot of people ask me what what can you do, and there's a couple of really easy things. Um, besides the norm, which is after you're done brush and comb, and get the ones that are still loose that are um you know in in the coat, get them off of the pet. But what we find out is a clean dog actually gets less burrs and, and, and foxtails, mainly because it doesn't have anything to really stick to except the coat itself. When it's combined with dirt and oil, it just makes it hold to the coat a little bit longer. So a clean pet, um, and it sounds crazy because people go, well, the last thing I want to do is clean my, my pet before we you know we go out on a hike. And that's fine. Use the dry shampoo, something, you know, something easy, cornstarch, you know, comb that through, brush that through the coat, get rid of the dirt and oils, because that is actually will act as a cleaning agent. Do it outside because it'll make a mess, but um, it works really well. But if you can find yourself a nice um, silicone-based coat spray, and a lot of times they don't say it, so what you do is just you know spray some on your hand. Don't tell the the the, the department store you're doing it. And, S- silicone and and, and fill silicone-based. Oh, okay. Um, coat spray. Hmm. Spray it in your hand, and when it dries, it should be slick. It should almost leave like a residue. I don't like using this often, but once a week is fine. Spray it in, comb it through, because what that's going to do is going to make it slick where these burrs will come out a lot easier um, when you comb, or maybe they won't stick at all. But you know what? It's, 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 it's important that you do grooming after you take a, a good hike out in, in the woods or weeds, wherever you're going. 
I would think silicone would be dangerous. Well, some coat sprays, um, and, and matter of fact, a lot of, a lot of people products have it in there. It's, 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 yeah, but it's, we don't um, lick our skin, or we don't lick. Well, our no, but it's pharmaceutical grade. It's, you know, it's not like it's not like the Permatex when, when I'm when I'm putting um, gaskets in my manifold. I used to race cars, so <laughs> don't get the. Um, you know what else different. would work is when, when I had horses. I think it's Shoshin. Oh, I've heard of my that. My favorite. My favorite dog product. That's a secret. Now, you just gave up a secret of mine. I just want you I, to know that. You just cost you me money. You always give secrets away. <laughs> that but is it my, does, it my make, does it make the coat slick or what? It's, it's Armor All for pets. It's the Armor yeah. All of pet coats. <laughs> it is the greatest product known to mankind for coats. And it's a, it, I'm serious. Uh, they they are a not secret. a sponsor. This, this guy is actually head over heels over this stuff. No, it's my favorite product in the world. Totally. <laughs> Uh, Sorry, Joey. That's okay. All his friend groomers hate him anyway because he's always giving away the secrets that they make all kinds of money on. Before we lose Joey, can I ask him a question? Oh, please, please. We'll never lose Joey. Joey's with us forever. No, I we, just we, meant, we actually have know. a contract. He's with us forever. He Seriously. can't leave. He can't leave. He can check. He <laughs> oh. can check out, but he can never leave. Yeah, yeah it was a bad deal. Hey, Joey, we got a, a new foster dog over the weekend, and it became apparent later after I put all the pieces together that he um, had been taken to a groomer uh, before he was surrendered to the rescue. So, it, you know, his nails are clean or, you know, cut. Uh, mm-hmm. His hair was clean, but there were so many other things that were wrong. After he went to the vet, he, I mean, he had this this oozing, gaping wound on his neck and the vet shaved it down, and it became obvious that it was had been an embedded collar. He also had um, Ooh, interdigital I've cysts. I've seen that. That his 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 feet were were swollen. He looked like he had Clydesdale feet. Um, I'm trying to think of all of the other things. Oh, his his eye. He should have had a surgery on his eye because he had a cherry eye. Um, all these things. But I, I'm wondering. A groomer who sees this, is there an obligation or a, a legal requirement on their part to to say something or to let the authorities know or it's, something that, hey, this, this dog wasn't is, in a good situation? I have to tell you, this is very, very common. Um, I cannot speak for all groomers, but you kind of have an unwritten obligation. Here's the problem. When it's reported, and depending on how severe it is, it always comes back, well, they're taking an effort of getting the pet groomed now, so there's mm-hmm. nothing we can do about it. And I've heard that line 10, 15, 20 times when we did want to report someone for obvious neglect. But see, my thing is, if they're going to do that to their pet and, and neglect it, they're not going to take it to a groomer. Yeah, that's probably you know, she- true. Yeah. This had been turned over to, uh, he was being turned over to a rescue, but he had obviously been left outside. Um, that collar had been on him for goodness knows how long. He had uh, little burn marks on his neck where there had uh, been contact uh, with the, the prongs from the collar. Not a prong collar, but one of those electric collars. Oh, that, that is too bad. Oh, wow. Yeah, you know there are just so many things. Only once, at a, every time we reported, and I, I'm telling you, it's a lot. Was something was actually done about it when you reported it to um, you know to animal control only once. Mm. That's too bad. Toll free one eight six six four zero five eight four zero five. And don't forget, you can also ask your questions from the free Animal Radio app for iPhone, Android, and BlackBerry. You're listening to Animal Radio. Call the Dream Team now at one eight six six four zero five eight four zero five. 
is Park Overall. I am just thrilled about the animal radio. Please stay and neuter your animals. Please. Here are today's automotive news headlines. I'm Nick Miles. It's officially the best-selling Maserati of all time. The new Maserati SUV, the Levante, gets a new trim level and a new engine. The Levante GTS is fast and luxurious with top speed of 181 miles an hour. The president of Maserati, Tim Kaniskas, has said publicly that he's going after Porsche and Tesla with his new Maseratis. Under the hood, a V8 engine with 550 horsepower and it goes 0 to 60 miles an hour in 4 seconds. For more, go to ourautoexpert.com. Think O'Reilly Auto Parts for all of your car needs. We're close, convenient, and known for our guaranteed everyday low prices and excellent customer service from professional parts people you can trust. Stop by your local O'Reilly Auto Parts today. O'Reilly Auto Parts. Better parts, better prices, every day. You're listening to Animal Radio. Call the Dream Team now at 1-866-405-8405. Well, let's go to Helen. Hey, Helen, how are you doing? Hey, I'm doing good. How are you? Good. Where are you? Uh, Blairsville, Georgia. Roswell, Georgia? Blairsville. Blairsville, Georgia. Up next to North Carolina line at the top of the state. Oh, there you go with the accent. Now I'm going to be talking the whole show with an accent like that. I just love those (laughs) southern accents. Okay. (laughs) Well, Helen, what's going on? I have the whole team here for you. Well, I couldn't... uh... My friend and I were trying to find some advantage for her little dog. She got a little shih tzu, and he had fleas on him. And, we, and the advantage they had it for all the dogs except the little ones, you know, like five to nine pounds or something. And okay. uh, we never could find it. And finally, we went back week after week, and they finally got it in at Walmart. And uh, she's got an alternative vet, and they don't believe in using stuff like that. So, uh, But her little doggy had fleas. That's bad. Fleas are here right now. And we was wondering if, you know, if you can't find the, the small ones, can you divide the, you know, the, the package for the next bigger size dog and use half of it? Well, technically, I, it is feasible, but it's not recommended um, just because of uh, accuracy in dosing. We want to make yeah, sure each I, pet gets... I, you know, I, I was wondering about that. I would be, We didn't because we were afraid to, you know, afraid to risk it that it might hurt him. Yeah, I, and especially because a lot of these products, it's just a matter of kind of getting them where where you can. So, um, you right. know, veterinarians stock these things all over the place. But, you know, I know a lot of folks like to buy these at kind of either the big box stores or where have yeah. you. But it is just so important that we do follow the directions, right. um, and especially for folks that have cats. You know, you really don't want to be splitting any kind of dog products on cats because oh, no, they, no, my they definitely did that one time. She has this cat, uh, a friend at church gave the cat to her, black cat, mm-hmm. and she just grabbed a package of that and didn't look, and it was for dogs, and it almost killed her cat. Absolutely, yeah, you know, they are exquisitely. I said, the first thing I said, get her, start bathing her right now, bathing her, and uh, we, we thought for sure she was going to die. It really did a number on her. You know, so that's that's right. Do not put that dog stuff on cats, yeah. we know that. Yeah. But it, like I said, it was an accident, you know. and uh, So is that yeah. advantage working now for you? No, he still got fleas on him. Huh. Does he? Okay. Well, it is, you know, a lot of times we find that um, there can be problems where where we aren't applying it at the most appropriate times. So we do want to stay faithful to that every 30 day um, for yeah. most of those topical products. But for other pets, we'll have to use other types of um, flea control methods to kind of uh, adjunct, to kind of help out here. Because especially in these heavy flea seasons, it's just yeah. not always practical that a topical is going to have both a quick kill and
then be able to take care of those next generations. And, you know, we may kill fleas that are on the pet, but they're going to get reinfested either from the populations of eggs and larvae that are hatching and growing in the environment, which means in your house and <laughs> in your yard. I think you um, him outside a lot with her when she's working in her yard and, you know, put him on a leash, you know, let him stay out there where he can see her. And, mm-hmm. and I think maybe that's one reason why he's getting so many on him. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, because you can't live in a vacuum, right? You know, you can't, like, live, put your animals in this little um, room with nothing to, you know, the dogs go outside, cats often go outside, and, you know, there's a mixing of pets, you know, dogs and cats, you know, one may go outside, but they're still kind of mixing that population. So what I do recommend is, um, you know, this can be a tough flea season, and a lot of people, I know, we had some callers recently that wanted to know what to do, what to go buy at, say, Costco or big box store, and really, to if you're having a problem with flea control, this may mean you need to work with your veterinarian because there are some great products that we have. Some are oral in nature that we'll use along with um, a topical product, but um, some will have a quick kill um, that you give and it'll kind of kill those fleas and send them hopping off the pet within an hour. Um, So that may be something that we use. Or there's even new products um, such as NexGuard um, or Brevecto that will last for three months. And those, um, I've had some good success with that um, with some of our patients that are in heavy flea areas as well. But that's not something you're going to be able to do by yourself because timing and the appropriate use of Mm -hmm. different products is really, it can get complicated. So this isn't something I can say, you're going to need to pick up product A and B and use it uh, in this direction because it really does depend on a lot of um, health factors well, for your pets. She, she's got a, a, the alternative type vet, and she doesn't, you know, she uses a lot of herbal things and stuff like that, which some of it might work, but some of it just, you know, is not. And she didn't want really to have to go to another vet to get it. That's why we were getting it at Walmart. Oh, got, well, you got to... <laughs> I've got the advantage for my cat, uh, whose name's Biscuit, by the way. Aww, <laughs> uh, I found him. Someone threw him out at my driveway on the side of the road, and I took him in. And uh, uh, one of my son's dogs raised him from a little kitten, and he thinks he's a dog. So <laughs> yeah. it, it works on him just fine. He stays outside a lot, day and night. And uh, when I put it on him, it lasts over a month. You know, he don't have any fleas on him. And you know what? I, I've got to say that, it, you know, she's got to come clean with her vet, even if they have differing uh, philosophies, because it is so important that that veterinarian know what you guys are doing, because, um, you know, occasionally, maybe not in this situation, but there can be some interaction between more holistic or herbal remedies yeah. for various conditions and what you might be using over the counter. So it is always, always important to be be truthful with your veterinarian. Yeah. Um, so whether or not that veterinarian has other um, suggestions for you that are kind of in line with both your goals, um, you know, that I would certainly, if, if she's not comfortable using a, a, a topical or an oral antiparasite medicine, yeah. then, you know, maybe she has a referral to a, a more traditional veterinarian in the area that will be able to help you with that. Yeah. But it's not going to do anything for those other generations. So that's where, you know. Maybe that they've got uh, in her house, in her carpet, you know, while they oh. had them on him. You know, I'm thinking maybe they're hatching out of the carpet. Well, and absolutely. I they, to do that, you know, I read someplace to take a pan of. Real soapy, sudsy water, maybe even shavings, foam, mm-hmm. put it in water in a pan and put a light right over it at night and, yep. and watch it. And if there are fleas in the house, they will jump in that and, and it'll drown. Oh, yeah. You don't know whether you've got them or not. 
Absolutely. Yeah, we've talked about things like the flea traps at home to, um, to one to diagnose, but some people it's kind of one of the a more natural alternative where they'll try to collect. But again, that's only the adults, and that's only about five percent of that population. So the rest of them are living in the home environment. So they are in the carpet, they are in the bedding, they are, and that's just kind of the nature of the flea life cycle. Do you travel with your dog? Of course. My pets are part of our family. Me too. I take Daisy with me everywhere. Right, Daisy? So how do you find out what hotels welcome your dog? I read Fido Friendly, the travel and lifestyle magazine for you and your dog. Sounds perfect for planning our next vacation. Right, Daisy? It is. Their motto is leave no dog behind, and they have great hotel and destination reviews. Where can I find the magazine? Go online to FidoFriendly.com. I will for sure. Come on, Daisy. We're off to find our next adventure. Celebrating the connection with our pets, this is Animal Radio, featuring your dream team, veterinarian Dr. Debbie White and groomer Joey Villani. And here are your hosts, Hal Abrams and Judy Francis. We are so proud to be a part of the Get Your Licks on Route 66 Adoption Tour working its way across the country. And today we're going to check in with Susan Sims live from St. Louis, Missouri. We're in your town. You're going to you're going to have to come out and visit us. We'll give you more details coming up in just a couple of minutes right here on Animal Radio. Also, this hour, the alternative to pet insurance. Yeah, we've been talking about it a little bit. If you don't have pet insurance, you think you should, there's actually a new alternative. We'll find out what that's all about coming up in just a few minutes right here on Animal Radio. Lori, what are you working on for this hour? There is yet another benefit to having pets, and this one is going to make people who have cats very happy. Ooh. Let's tee up another one for Dr. Debbie, one 405 All three of those lines are for Dr. Debbie? Which one? Eeny, meeny, miny, mo. My mother said, no, it's got to be a more scientific way. How about this one? <laughs> Hi, Dolly. How are you doing? I'm doing okay. How about yourself? You know, there was a Stan and there was a George on the other line, but I just liked your name better. So that's why I picked this line. <laughs> oh, cute. <laughs> and I look like a doll. I may be 67, but I don't look it. Oh, you certainly don't sound it either. What's going on with you? My cat. I, lo- I love animals. I love all kinds of animals. I mean, I pick them up, bring them home, three legs, no <laughs> legs, whatever. Fine home for them. But um, last year, uh, a, a stray cat, I live in a trailer park, okay? And a cat had kittens. She only had three little kittens. But the runt, she would not feed him. And, and he was next door, and um, the guy wouldn't get him for me. I got in this big argument. Anyway, I finally got the kitty. And I call him Smarty Pants because he is smart. He watches. When I get up in the morning, I wash my face. He's sitting on my sink. He's watching me watch my face. He watches me put my makeup. He follows me like a child. And I love that. Mm-hmm. And, and, and uh, in the morning, he'll, uh, when I lean forward, he rubs my nose like I'm his mommy because I am. Mm-hmm. And sometimes he'll just grab a hold of it. But <gasps> what Smarty Pants does, and he's, I mean, he's just a little kitten, but he scares me because he, I had him neutered and, uh, he'll eat, you know, and he'll go out maybe for an hour or two or sometimes just a half hour. And it's like, he's telling me he owns me because he'll come in. And if I do not, I'm, I know, I know when he wants a nibble, it's not that he wants a whole plate. He just wants me to put some food out for him. Okay, so I let me ask you, can I, I'm going to interrupt you. When he asks you for food, do you give it to him? 
Well, yeah, because he bites me, or uh, uh, he calls me and bites me. I got witnesses. Dolly, Dolly, Dolly. They get mad at me because I feed him. I said, what do you want me to do? He's going to claw the heck out of me. All right. Well, he's got you trained. He's got you trained, darling. He's he's telling you what he wants. You've got it. You've got this whole thing figured out. But, so you but, need to but, stop it. But I don't want to get bit. And he, I mean, he he swipes me. I mean, you know, I don't. Trailer's not very big. My table's okay. right there, and I mean, sometimes I don't move fast enough, and he lays into me. And like I said, okay. he's got such a sweet nature. Other than that, it's like he has never. When he plays with my hand, he'll get my hand. He never uses his claws. But when stop, he gets Dolly, my hand stop. in his mouth, he okay, okay. Me. Dolly, I have to interrupt you again because you are describing all of the things that are causing the problem. So when when he's meowing or he's demanding food, you give it to him. When he's yes. playing, he's biting he's your bite hand. Me. Never, never, never. This is very similar with dogs. Absolutely. We, we do not ever want your hand to be a plaything for a cat and certainly not one who is very um, bite motivated. So we need you to stop and we're going to retrain you. <laughs> this, is, this is where it all starts. Starts. I need retraining all around. Okay. Well, great. We can do this. So grateful. Okay, so we can do this, and what you're going to need to do is about three to four times a day, I'm going to ask you to schedule playtime with him. And playtime is going to be where your hands are not part of the playthings. You need to get different style toys, sometimes the feathers toys that are on the little wires, things with an extension where your hands are not in the direct line of fire. And we want to schedule that playtime and then have different uh, toys that you're going to vary because cats get bored. You can't expect them to play for 10 minutes with one toy they're kind of like come on give me something else this is really boring so you got to have like a repertoire so you got to have like three to four different toys during that five minutes to ten minutes and you're going to play with them now what you need to do is you need to be very savvy at reading his behavior because a lot of cats when they're really overstimulated and they're going to bite out of just excitement you're going to notice differences in his body language. You may notice his ears. You may notice his eyes darting back and forth, looking in other directions. What you need to do is stop that playtime and give him something edible. Give him something to do. Some great uh, toys that are out there where you can hide food in them. You can actually take just a cardboard box and cut out holes and put food inside there. And you redirect your kitty to that after your play session. So that gets you out of the loop so he won't come after you and attack you. Very, very important for a kitty that bites. Um, and then you want to make sure you do this, like I said, three to four times a day. And how long is that, that three to four times? I mean, I, I just, you know, I'll, I'll play with him all day. I don't care. I just, I love the cat. I, I mean, he sleeps on my belly or he sleeps in my mm-hmm. face or, you know, and um, he has an, uh, I've never really had a cat growl at a person but there was somebody in my backyard at night, and I can't see because it's dark, but he growled, and when I looked, there was somebody out there. Yeah. Well, you know what, Dolly, every cat's a little different. So I can't say, I would say some kitties, it may be a two-minute play session, and they're starting to get kind of wired and out of control. And so that's when you're going to need to cease that play session. Other cats, you can take it to 10 minutes. So you'll probably need to work on two- to three-minute play sessions and do that several times a day. Um, and it's important. We don't want to, after this play session, we don't want to lock them up. We don't want to, like, put them in isolation because that's not really going to achieve anything. So you want to make sure you give him something else to do 
usually food motivated type things. That's going to be the really important thing. And, you know, in some situations, this might be a great reason a veterinarian would recommend a second cat. He's looking for food, but this time, I'm sorry, forgive me. I want to get bit, so I left the food a little bit in the. He's only going to take four or five bites. All right. Well, didn't have that out here. He would have bit me and snacked. I'm telling you. All right. Well, Dolly, there are tools you can use. So I'm going to mention something else. There is, um, there are um, automatic feeders that will dispense food and get you out of the loop. And that is something you can get one of those, put a battery in it, and you can have it dispense food six times a day for him. And it's a great way for a cat that is biting a person for food to get your hands out of this whole situation and for him not to be dependent on you physically for the food. Now, I'm going to tell you to give food as a reward after your play session, but at other times, you you do not want to be the one putting it down after his demands. It's going to take work. So you, you just got to find that strength from within. Okay, Dolly? Well, <laughs> yes. I, they love temptations. I have more than one cat. I actually have three. I rescued two. But the trailer park people don't like take care of their cats, so I do. Monday comes over here, sleeps with me. Well, they know and they know your number. They all have your number. They know yes, exactly. They do, and I will feed them. <laughs> I'm not going to have them go hungry or thirsty. Okay, Dolly, you I do. I will go hungry before they will. Okay. Aww. You're, you're Bless your heart. Yes, you are. Give them a big old hug from all of us. And thanks for calling and listening to Animal Radio. It's toll free. 1-866-405-8405. Hi, Carrie. Hi, how are you? Very good. Where are you today? I am on I-95, driving south. How can we help you? Are you traveling with pets? Uh, no. I have a question about my son. I'm babysitting his reptiles while he's at summer camp. Okay. I was going to say, I don't do anything for children, but <laughs> Gecko, I will. <laughs> so what's going on there with the little lizard? Yeah, it's a leopard gecko, and she's not eating for me. And I guess the last two sheds, it looks like she's clumping skin at her eyes. So I'm not sure how well she can see. Um, Okay. I wasn't sure what to do. I tried a little bit of warm compress to see if I could help get the skin off around the eyes. Helped a little bit, but... Well, what you're describing is actually a really big problem in these little guys. And the, the underlying problem tends to be inadequate humidity. And um, even though they're, you know, native from Afghanistan and, you know, a dry environment, they really do need moisture to enable that skin to shed. When it doesn't, we can get um, problems where the toes can actually dry up, dry up and fall off. The eyes get a horrible uh, conjunctivitis and even abscesses under the lids. So with what you're dealing with, this may very well need a veterinarian to get involved. Um, mm-hmm. And I can tell you, I worked um, very closely with my little niece's classroom to work on this problem with their classroom pet. And um, some of the things that we would recommend would be to definitely do even soaking with a little reptile, um, supervised, you know, where we've got them in a All little right. um, nice warm water bath. And, um, you know, if it's something where there's just a little bit of skin, it might not be a problem to pull that. But if we're talking the eyes, it's really something where in many cases as a veterinarian what we'll need to do is get in under the eyelids pull out the dried up pus that's down in there and to remove that skin um, and then get them on antibiotics and all that kind of stuff as well the ways environmentally we can help to avoid that and try to change some things like right now would be we really need to make sure there's good humidity and the best way i recommend is um, a humidity chamber um, so i don't know do you have something like yeah, that in the enclosure a, um, like a a clay kind of pot area that he's got like spangle moss 
in there. So it's kind of moist in there because that's where she's laid eggs before when he uh -huh. had the geckos. So that area is moist, but should I spray her too? Spraying is fine. If you're doing a soak, that's another way to get that moisture directly to the skin. Um, in the areas of the eyes, there are medications that might be the safest around that area, but on the areas of the toes where they can get a little uh, skin caught up, I'll use a lot of times even just Vaseline down there just to kind of soften that. Um, but yeah, and the problem is when the eyes get infected and when they get all crusted up, the appetite goes down. And in many cases, unless we effectively treat those eyes, get the skin off, get the conjunctivitis under control, she's just going to do a slow decline and not turn around. So, okay. um, I, I, you know, this is kind of where I know they're little guys, um, but you know, there are veterinarians that can help you in your area to, to get this little one turned around. We wish you the best of luck. Thank you. 1-866-405-8405. Fido Friendly Magazine presents the 10th Annual Cross-Country Pet Adoption Tour. Get your licks on Route 66. Powered by Nissan, the tour travels from Los Angeles to Chicago, stopping at shelters along the way to support adoption events. Companion sponsors Tito's Vodka and Dog Legs join in the fun as media sponsor Animal Radio broadcasts the tour from September 8th to October 14th. Pet Box sponsor Paw Pack and pet insurance sponsor Embrace Pet Insurance support the tour along with advocate sponsors Buddy Belts, Pet Curian, Hands on Gloves, and Rolf C. Hagen. Attendees at each event stand in line to donate money and spin our giant spinning wheel filled with great prizes they can win. Provided by sponsors like Community Sponsors, Cosequin Joint Health Supplements, Petmate, Dexas, Senden, and Canaday, where all proceeds benefit the shelter at the end of the day. Log on to FidoFriendly.com and find out where the tour stops near you. And who knows, you might just find your new forever friend. You're listening to Animal Radio. If you missed any part of today's show, visit us at AnimalRadio.com or download the Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android. It's Animal Radio, celebrating the connection with our pets. And we'll head back to the phones in just a couple of seconds, toll free at 1-866-405-8405. And it is a wonderful day to be in the park, especially Tiles Park in St. Louis, Missouri, where Susan Sims, part of the Fido Friendly Get Your Licks on Route 66 Adoption Tour, she is out there. Hi, Judy. So, so thank you again. I just want to say for being our media sponsor once again for the 10th Annual Get Your Licks on Route 66. So here we are at the Canine Carnival. This is such an amazing event. We have over 3,000 people that come to this every year. And when they find our wheel with these great products from sponsors like Blue Dog Bakery, The Honest Kitchen, Pet mate, Kurgo, I could go on and on. They line up and they give us their money and then they spin and win with proceeds benefiting the shelter. But what's even more fun, I've been talking to this lovely lady named Taylor who is adopting today. And I would love for the chance for you guys to get to find out about her pet. Yeah. Look, can we, is she, will she talk to us? Yeah. Hold on. Can you have a minute? Yeah. Yeah. She's not even shy. So hold on. This is Taylor. <laughs> and I'm going to, I gotta put her on the phone. Here she comes. Okay. Here's Hal and Judy from the radio. Hey, Hal and Judy. Hi, Taylor. Hi, Taylor. How are you doing today? Hi. I'm awesome. Are so, do you have a pet, or are you looking for a new yes. family member? I just adopted my newest family member, and I'm so excited. So, so Tell what, us. Yeah. What kind? A dog, I assume. What kind of dog? Yes. 
she is a five-month-old pit bull mix. Aww. Aww. Thing, she's all white, and she has, like, blue eyes. And, oh, my gosh, she's just the sweetest little thing ever. And I'm so excited. Ah, she's going to be a big girl. Oh, yeah, probably. It'll be fun, though. <laughs> and you say that uh, she's your latest. So does she have, will she have brothers and sisters at home? Yes, I have three others at home. That she'll be joining. So they're going to be super excited to have a new friend to run around with. <laughs> the more the merrier. Have you chosen a of name course. yet? Um, I think we're going to stick with her name and it's Bree. Bree, like the cheese. Yeah. Yes. All white. So that kind of goes together. Oh. <laughs> How cute. Yeah. Well, that's yeah. great. And I'm so glad that you adopted a pit bull, too. You know, they, they don't get enough good attention. Oh, I know. Yeah. I know. They're the best dogs. This will be my third one. So they're just amazing and they get a bad rep, but they're awesome dogs. Yes, they are. <laughs> yeah. So are people spinning yeah. the wheel there, Taylor? Yes, they are. Someone actually just won one of their collapsible um, water bowls that they're giving out for people that travel a lot, Ooh. things like that. Very yeah, cool. Yeah. They've got all sorts of goodies here. I'm hoping to spin here in a minute and oh. win something awesome. Great. So you're in line to do that? Yes, okay. yes, I am. I'll let you get back into line, Taylor. Thank you so much, and, and give uh, Bree a big old hug from all of us, will you? We will. Thank you so much. Thanks. Here's Susan. <laughs> I told you she wasn't even shy. Yeah. Well, <laughs> how many animals are out there for adoption today? Oh, gosh. They probably, I think for, for this event, they probably are bringing out uh, 20 or 30, and a lot of the folks that come to this canine carnival already have their pets, and so it's a good opportunity for them to introduce them to, you know, one of the new furry members and see if it even works, because oftentimes people just say, oh, I'm going to take this home, and then next thing you know, the dog doesn't like the dog, and then it's not good. So it's smart for people to introduce their, their uh, current uh, pets to somebody that they're thinking of bringing home. And I understand a lot of people are there ready to spin the wheel. So if you are in St. Louis, whether you're looking for a furry family member or not, go on out, spin the wheel. You just make a small donation and then you win uh, one of the great prizes that are on the wheel. Everybody's a winner there. That's right. It's a win-win. And I'm telling you again, I couldn't do it without your generous support as our media sponsor. And friendship for all that. We always say you're our partners in caring. And we mean it. We love you guys so much. We feel the same, Miss Susan. Let me give out the schedule real fast before we run out of time. Uh, you'll be okay. you'll be at uh, Tiles Park till 3 o'clock for the Canine Carnival. And then on October 6th, next weekend, you'll be in Chicago at Paws Chicago. And then Sunday in Springfield, Illinois. And then on October October 13th, Kansas City, Missouri. And uh, if anybody wants to see the schedule, they can check out phytofriendly.com and hit the badge that says get your licks on Route 66. Susan, we will talk to you next week, okay? All right. Thanks again, you guys. Hug to Ladybug. And now a word from my best friend. That's my dog when I come home. Hi, Talent Cable. I want to talk to you about your dog's behavior. There's a big difference between dog training and dog behavior. One of the most common problems we hear about is excessive barking. Most dogs are going to bark. It's part of their nature. That's how they communicate. And sometimes barking is good. You know, you want your dog to warn you if somebody's coming into your house. Certain dog breeds bark more than others. They're bred to be barkers. And dogs have different barks that you can learn. Let's talk about the different reasons why dogs bark. We already talked about the warning bark. Dogs also bark when they get anxiety. 
Some dogs have separation anxiety and they'll bark all day. Dogs also bark when they're being playful, when they want your attention, and when they're bored. They also bark when another dog barks. (laughs) So now that we know a little bit about why dogs bark, how do you stop it? As always, positive reinforcement and reward are the techniques I like to use. Now, if you're somebody who works long hours and you're away from the house all day, your dog's probably going to bark. But you can reduce some of that barking by making sure your dog gets plenty of exercise. Getting rid of that pent-up energy will get rid of some of the barking. If your dog is barking at you, pay no attention. In fact, turn your back on your dog. The more attention you give your dog, the more you're actually encouraging the barking. Yelling doesn't work. If you're ignoring your dog and he stops barking, that's when you give praise. Good dog. You can give a treat, too. In fact, whenever your dog is doing a desired behavior, like just laying still and being calm, that's a great time to walk over and pet your dog. If that's not working, correct your dog. Poke her in the neck with your fingers or keep a leash and so you can give her correction when you need to. And use the sound of a word like, hey, or no. After you do that, immediately divert the dog's attention with a treat or a toy. Or give her a project. Take a hot dog, cut it up, and throw it all over the backyard. Let her hunt for it. Giving your dog something better to do than bark. Remember, whenever your dog does something that seems weird, take her to the vet first. Make sure there's no medical problem. But anytime you take on a behavior modification, it's going to take patience and consistency. And you'll see the rewards of your hard work quicker than you think. If Ernest Hemingway was alive today, would he say this to you? Shakespeare, Mark Twain, Edgar Allan Poe, all great writers. And after reading your book, I simply must add you to the list. Wait, you don't have a book yet. So make a free call to Page Publishing. Their expert staff can help you turn your book idea into a real book, a masterpiece that could someday make the bestseller list in hard copy and digitally all across the world. Page Publishing can help you completely take your idea for a book, write it, and publish it. So if you want to join the ranks of some of the most famous authors in the world, call now for a free information kit. Turn your book idea into publishing gold. Make a free call right now to Page Publishing. 888-785-0618 That's 888-785-0618 This is an Animal Radio News Update. I'm Lori Brooks. The use of all kinds of animals for therapeutic purposes these days is skyrocketing. Even though research, frankly, to support the efficacy of animal-assisted therapy is still kind of in the early stages, so experts say more scientific work needs to be done so that we will know all of the benefits of animal therapy. But it did start a while ago, 10 years ago. The National Institutes of Health featured funding research on human-animal interaction That was back in 2008. But far more research these days is being done on dogs than on cats and other animals who are involved in therapy. But there's um, some signs of change. Back in March, a few months ago, a team led by scientists at UC Davis in California published a study about interactions between family house cats and children who have autism. They found that cats that live in families with a child with autism spectrum disorder that they often provided valuable bonding attention and calming effects to the child. Well, once again, the Golden State leads the way in improving animal welfare. The California legislature has passed a bill that allows stray kittens and puppies under eight weeks of age to be immediately released from shelters to rescue groups. Those rescue groups give them the specialized care that they need. The bill would be going into effect on January of next year. And a Maryland woman's rescue dogs have 
made their way, both of them, into the Guinness Book of World Records. Her greyhound feather has been honored by Guinness after a 75-and-a-half-inch leap into the air, recognized as being the highest jump ever by a dog. And her other dog, a border collie, earned records for most skips by a dog in one minute. That was 91 skips. I never knew dogs could skip before this. The dog also, the border collie, won for most double Dutch skips by a dog in one minute. 128 double Dutch skips. Isn't that amazing? The rescue dogs obviously have a dream owner. People have misconceptions about rescue dogs, and so she wants to turn that around. That she enjoys, she says, taking people's what they think are throwaway animals and making them into something really great. And she has. Clearly, my animals are underachievers. Yes, they are. I wasn't going to say anything, but... uh... They are definitely. I mean, Nikki can eat the most sticks maybe in one minute. Wow. Well, that's pretty impressive. That's talent. Yes. That would be something. Yeah, she doesn't matter what size or shape. She'll just ingest as many sticks as possible. And Boss really has no real talent other than being cute. (laughs) Which is a talent in itself. I grew up with nothing more than that. Hmm. My, my dog, let's see, Roro would be a great snorer. Oh, but we're, yes, yeah. he would be a good um, snorer. <laughs> the best snorer I know. Yeah, Patty can eat acorns, which I will try to retrieve from her mouth and often get a, a tooth to the fingernail. Um, and Tater would be probably Fetcher in Chief. Hmm. Ladybug would be the most sleuthest and slyest cat food eater. Oh, yeah. We, we, always making it to the cat food. They are funny. She knows she's not supposed to. I'm Lori Brooks. Get more breaking animal news anytime at AnimalRadio.com. This has been an Animal Radio News Update. Get more at AnimalRadio.com. You're listening to Animal Radio. If you missed any part of today's show, visit us at AnimalRadio.com or download the Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android. It's Animal Radio. Celebrating the connection with our pets. And you'll know the old insurance, pet insurance argument here at Animal Radio still continues. I, of course, <laughs> as I, I've mentioned many, many, many times, I uh, just put a lot of money away into my account a little bit every month. It gains a little bit of interest. And if anything happens to my animals, I have it there for them. And uh, that way I get to keep my money. I don't have to pay a premium. Everybody's looking at me. I know. See, you know, I have a problem just with, because I see pet owners that there's no way that if you have multiple pets that you can adequately prepare for those catastrophic things that can happen. And that's where I just, I think that system can work for some things. But when you get to some of the big, oh my gods, (laughs) when those happen, there's no way you're going to have, you know, three grand that you can spread across, you know, all of your multiple pets if they all have some kind of event. Yeah. Yeah, uh, I know I got stuck with one. I had two surgeries on my dog. One was 3,000, one was 3,500 and You ended up using Care Credit, which I is I used Care Credit on the first one and paid it off. If you pay it off like in 6 months, you don't have to pay oh, interest. Oh, really? Yes. You're not paying that 99% interest? No. No, I was able to pay it off and the second time I was a little more prepared, so I w- didn't have to borrow for that one. Yeah. But still, I mean, that was a lot of money I had to fork over so I'm, I'm sorry i didn't get in pet insurance when she was younger well yeah and you know what they might have turned you down anyway especially if it was after the first surgery and before the second That's true. surgery she might they, not have been covered for the yeah, second they, surgery it might have been a i'm not sure exactly i do know that each insurance company has their very own set of policies and rules and mm-hmm. what they will cover and what they won't cover but i understand now there's a third alternative 
And what jo- could that be? Yeah, I know. Dr. <laughs> Alan Kamavra is joining us. He's a physician and surgeon. He's the founder of USO, the cheapest alternative to pet insurance. And he joins us right now. Doctor, welcome to the show. Well, thank you for having me. So what is this, this great alternative? Yeah. So uh, we just went live in the last month. Um, and really what we're saying is we can now, because technology has really changed the world, we talk about the sharing economy. Um, but a lot of what we're doing in the world now is actually the just-in-time economy, where you can pay things or things happen on the spot rather than having to build up and form these large pools of money, which is the traditional model, and holding, having some centralized kind of company in the center to manage this large pool of money and pay things when they happen. Um, and so we've built a platform that's really kind of a just-in-time financing model uh, for when the unexpected happens. I know nothing about financials or that whole yeah. – you're going to have to explain it to me, but what it, why is it different than insurance? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, if we think about what insurance is at its base, it's just crowdfunding. We all kind of forget because it's this huge company that we've just become to accept as status quo. But really, they collect from all of us in the form of premiums and then hold it captive in some fund and are supposed to pay that back out when things happen. The problem with that model always was, and we were really limited to it because of tech, um, was that they make their money off that premium pool. So these companies have every incentive to make sure our premiums are as high as possible um, and to pay out as as little as they can at the end of the year because their profits are based on that fund. Um, But there was really no better way to do it because of a lot of tech limitations. And we're saying we've reached a point now where that's an antiquated model. We can connect people um, through their mobiles and their web and build virtual communities um, that essentially promise to one another that they're going to help each other. And so when things happen, you actually have a community that is ready and willing and that that guarantee is there that they're going to chip in through micropayments to help things come and basically be covered or paid for um, when it happens. And it brings down the cost tremendously by getting rid of that that essentially kind of thick bureaucratic layer in the middle. What if everybody gets sick? What if everybody's animal gets sick? It seems like this couldn't be guaranteed. It can actually, though. So there's, fortunately, by and large, that happens not that frequently at all. But even if it does, um, the scale of the system is, is enough to even cover that. And so we've actually had the model validated by multiple reinsurance companies um, and kind of higher level up. So not insurance companies, which is what we're used to, but there's actually insurance for the insurances in the world. And so they're called reinsurance. Um, And so they get involved when there's those catastrophic clash events, when all of a sudden everything happens at once, which isn't expected, for instance. Um, And they would help get involved in those rare circumstances. Um, And so we can guarantee to our members that what our members do is basically put in a deposit and that deposit rolls over each month that it's not used. But if something happens, we, you, we, we draw from that fund micropayments, and they replenish that deposit each month. Um, and you never pay over um, that deposit in any given month. That's the, that's the max that you would ever pay for other people. Hmm. I have a question about what about yeah. people who have multiple pets? And, you know, so I say I have six dogs, and then um, Hal has one dog. Um, do we all contribute the same amount? What if I'm, or, or what if I'm a hypochondriac? Can I take my dogs to yeah. the veterinarian all the time? Yeah. And so, well, so the, there's two questions on that. The one is that, so the multiple, 
for now is we, we just got the ball rolling for each dog, for instance, would be just their own kind of unit member. So it would be, you know, a deposit for each dog. And so each one would kind of count as its own little contribution. contribution. And as we grow, we'd figure out how to better attain for people of multiple. Um, part of the thing for the hypochondriac question, and that's the most complex, um, when you look at even, uh, so I'm a physician, and actually when we started everything on use, so the big thing we actually want to do is healthcare, and we plan on doing that as well after kind of the veterinary market. Um, a very small percentage of people take advantage of the system. Most, most people just kind of do what they're doing. Um, but they, there's some people in a very small percentage that treat their coverage as kind of a blank check. Let me just do everything. It's just going to keep paying for everything once I get past my deductible. Um, and so there's a lot of safeguards built in to help protect and show identify that. And one of them is the community aspect. And so it's one thing if it's me versus the big corporation that I have no connection with. It's another thing if you and Hal are in a group together and you realize that each month that you do that as a hypochondriac, it's Hal that's the one who's paying and footing those bills for you. And so there's a very big community component on this to really help incentivize people to be a little bit more responsible um, than what we're seeing right now where it's, everyone feels like it's us versus the corp that's been taking advantage of us year after year. Um, and it's my time to get that money back. Okay, this is a pretty interesting concept. We're going to take a quick break and return with Dr. Alan Kamrava right here on Animal Radio. Stick around. Here are today's automotive news headlines. I'm Nick Miles with fuel economy numbers being hard to reach for automakers. Many new SUVs are hitting the road with less power than consumers want. So thank goodness for the new BMW X3 M40i. It is aimed at the Mercedes AMG GLC 43 and the Porsche Macan GTS. The 2018 BMW X3 M starts at just under $55,000, gets 27 miles a gallon on the highway and goes 0 to 60 miles an hour in 4.6 seconds. For more, go to OurAutoExpert.com. Think O'Reilly Auto Parts for all of your car needs. We're close, convenient, and known for our guaranteed everyday low prices and excellent customer service from professional parts people you can trust. Stop by your local O'Reilly Auto Parts today. O'Reilly Auto Parts. Better parts, better prices every day. It's Animal Radio celebrating the connection with our pets. And if some catastrophe happens to our pets, we have uh, we have a few options. We have a few choices. I've seen people start Kickstarter campaigns where they try yeah. to fund fund uh, surgeries and uh, vet care on Kickstarter. Mm-hmm. I've seen people swear by insurance policies like our very own Joey Volani, mm-hmm. uh, who saved him like $10,000 because he got insurance. Wow. I, uh, I put a little money in my bank account, and if something catastrophic happens, hopefully I can afford to, to pay for it. But now there appears to be a brand new alternative. It's an online group or community-funded model, and the brainchild behind it, Dr. Alan Kamravra, is joining us. He's the founder and CEO of USO, the cheapest alternative to pet insurance. If you belong to a group, are you aware of what everybody else spends and when they visit another vet? Yes. And so part of what this is is, is, is the transparency. Um, and so there are people who aren't going to like people knowing what happened to their animal. Um, and so probably it won't necessarily be the best for them in that situation. But I think most people are okay with that. You know, my dog got ill and... You're helping me pay because, God forbid, my dog had a grape um, and he had to have an expensive surgery. I personally would enjoy much more knowing each month where my money went, that it went for my friend's dog that I know, rather than it just went to a premium and I have no idea what it's touching. Hey, Dr. Allen, I'm Lori. Um, so there, there's no breed discrimination here? I, I have bulldogs, which are... Yeah. 
No. So we, we really took an agnostic approach. We, we really are, said, you know, it's really up to the groups. Um, the groups themselves are going to self co-regulate. Um, they're, the groups form and then they choose who and what they want to share and bring in. There, there is potentially people who try to join a group and they're like, you know, we, that's not for us or so. Um, but the, the system as a whole is really agnostic. And so there will be, there'll be cohorts of people who have older dogs. And so you'd expect that overall their month to month spend will be a little bit higher than the ones that have, you know, two year old dogs or, you know, and so you would assume kind of there's going to be affinity groups that join that have some, you know, some similarities and those will change in terms of how they, what their experience is in terms of what they're covering with one another. To me, the volatility seems a little disconcerting. I, I, I see that and I'm trying to do the math in my head and I'm not, the, yeah. I'm not the greatest with the math, but you say that pet owners can bet on incurring at least one $2,000 to $4,000 bill for emergency care at some time during their pet's life. If we're paying $10 a month for a subscription, that's 120 a year, that's $1,200 for 10 years of life, it, it seems like it's going to be a winner no matter how you cut it there. The, what we're having is, the big thing is that, for, for especially for pets, what, 65% of Americans have a pet, but less than 2%. I think it just barely broke over the 1% mark in the last year. Actually, it's uncovered. And so most people have essentially said, forget it, we're going to self-fund. Um, the issue we'll find is that when, the, when a large cost comes, a lot of people actually haven't saved up, as they thought they would have, to pay for that. And so it becomes a life and death decision for the larger ones. Um, for day-to-day stuff, it doesn't necessarily make sense. Um, it's really when you're making a decision between, am I going to pay my mortgage this month or keep my keep my, my family member alive? Um, and it's really for those situations, kind of that unforeseen large one that people may not have the resources or the bandwidth to do. Just to be clear, so you know, a client comes in with this, they're getting vaccines and routine things. They're not going to tap into their USO community for that level thing. This is more the big emergency sickness kind of thing. But, the goal is so they still have to pay for, for that. For the, yeah, the, no, no. So the goal is really for the for the for the big things. But as we're starting this to get it going, we actually made it all encompassing. So for vaccines and stuff, they can get reimbursed by the members. Um, as we grow and get larger, we expect there's going to be micro communities where there's ones that say we don't want to do vaccines with ourselves, and there's going to be ones that do want to do it. Um, there's going to be ones that only want to cover up to a certain amount. Others that want to do it much sooner. Or, or much lower, um, and we're going to allow that to parse out and grow once we get over a certain kind of uh, threshold. Um, okay. We're just not there as of yet, but we expect that fully to happen as well. But there's no guarantee or insurance on this. So, I mean, let's say if the company goes belly up in a year and I've invested all this money, I mean, that could theoretically happen, whereas a pet insurance company, aren't they kind of insured, reinsured, as you mentioned earlier? Yeah, I know. So we actually have a reinsurer. We're, we're working with the reinsurers to build out that as well, and it's going to be there. So we give we warrant that everything you'll never pay over a certain amount. Um, on the insurance side, you're actually paying money into a fund that's supposed to be protected so it doesn't get used. And so there's an actual large fund of money um, that is yours, and it's being held, stored, and essentially like an escrow account. Okay. The difference with this is that we're not paying continuously this constant amount that's being held in an escrow account. We're literally just funding stuff as it happens. So okay. if somebody has something happen that month, it gets drawn on. But otherwise, there's no fund of money that's being held and maintained. Okay. Hey, Dr. Allen, is, is there any yeah. drama associated with this? Like, uh, you shouldn't have taken your dog to the vet. Do, do you have access to what other people are doing? I think you said yes. You do, but there's no drama in the sense that you can't put comments. And th- well, yeah, it's not meant for 
why did you do that? Why did you do this? Um, it's more meant as for people to help support one another and ask, where should we go? What shouldn't we do? Uh, the provider database is reflected upon that, as well as to know what things are. And so as these, as these costs are being submitted, we're updating that database continuously, and it's accessible for people to know what they should expect to be paying for things. If people want to learn more, what's the website? It's USO, E-U-S-O-H dot com. Great. We'll put links to everything you've heard on today's show over at AnimalRadio.pet. Dr. Alan Camabra, thank you so much for hanging with us today. Yeah, thanks for having me. It was a pleasure. There you go. Interesting concept. Yeah. I don't know if I, I want to sit back and watch it. Yeah, before yeah. A I got, years. yeah, I need a little more time to see what happens with it. Well, it's time for us to bounce. That's uh, what these kids are saying these days. And uh, But if you need your fix during the week, head on over to AnimalRadio.pet or download the Animal Radio app for iPhone, Android, and BlackBerry. And don't forget, if you happen to have a Yorkshire Terrier, a Shih Tzu, a Pug, or a Mini Schnauzer, check out Dr. Debbie's books, How to Be Your Dog's Best Friend. They are Kindle books available over at Amazon, and we have links from AnimalRadio.pet. Have yourself a great week. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye, you guys. We're going to go practice Roro snoring. <laughs> he doesn't need any practice. He's a pro. <laughs> this is Animal Radio Network. Network.